Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, how you doing, man? Well, Ben, my friend. Yes, sir. Usually, this is where I come out with a pithy, quick one-liner about what the weather's like or if I'm having a good day. That is what we're used to, yes. Yes, today's not that day. I'm going to give you a couple quick things about how the past couple days have been and for all those listening first of all i am not unique in this i am sure there are plenty of other healthcare providers that feel the same if not worse so i don't want this to come out as a poor me type moment this is more of a rage against the scenario type issue fair enough yes so while i love my staff there is a certain element, I think every healthcare provider that practices in family practice or specialty clinics, wherever you may be, where some days you go, what the fuck happened to my schedule? Yes. That would be something that happened numerous times. But that leads to the two things I can talk about without getting too specific about <laughs> things on the air. So we're going to start with the sad thing first, or the thing that makes me angry, and it's a serious matter. And that is, at least from where I am sitting, and I am, again, sure I am not alone in this, is while patients may feel frustrated, so do the healthcare workers. However, it seems like patients, at least in my experience, talking to other people in my area and my own personal experiences, patients recently have really decided that they are allowed to be as verbally abusive as they feel. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. I don't want to use the quote and I won't give the exact context because the situation in which this occurred is so amazingly bizarre that if I were to tell you or anybody on the air about the ass nine magnificence, which birthed this clusterfuck that I had to deal with. There is only one chance of it happening once in the universe. And at this point, I would therefore be in trouble of possibly breaking some type of federal law. And I'm not willing to do that for this person. But the outcome of it is something I'm willing to discuss. I think should be discussed. Suffice it to say, a patient made a poor decision 
And that was followed up with other poor decisions that led to this person being in my office. And, and that could not be unique in any way. But what happened was, is they became upset with something that occurred and therefore directly verbally assaulted one of our staff members. And I don't mean that they threatened physical violence, but they certainly were being ugly and rude and condescending on purpose. It wasn't a matter of cussing because they were frustrated, which is something that I think we can all appreciate. We don't tolerate, but you can understand. Yeah. When someone gets angry and says, fuck. Okay. Get it. Yeah. But this person singled out, called names, and it verbally attacked a person that worked in my office because of their poor choices, mind you. And I wanted to bring it up not because of what is going to happen, but because I'm seeing it more and more. And this is the type of thing I know we've talked about on the show where we as a profession have to decide where are we going to lay on this? And just because there's a pandemic going on and everyone loves to call us heroes, even those of us that aren't working frontline, I think it hasn't gone away. And if nothing else, it's getting worse because so many people are focusing on the overall that they're sweeping things like this under the rug, perhaps. And it's throwing gasoline on the fire. And I just want other people to know that if you're hearing this, it's happening everywhere. So don't feel like you're being attacked as long as you're not actually being attacked. Let's, let's preface that. But I, I think that there's something we can do as a profession where we say, Hey, we understand you're upset patients but so are we and we're all trying to work through this together and i don't know what the answer is and i don't know if you have any thoughts on it but i i know that's been happening to me recently so i just wanted to put it out there that well, I, it, it is happening and it's happening a lot right now well i don't have an answer i wish i did or a thought i but should say i think you and i are, are very similar in our protectiveness particularly of our staff you can come at me. I don't. That's not going to bother me. I mean, don't come after my nerves. Don't come after my staff, because then you're going to wake up the papa bear that you don't want. You know, I've had instances where I, I had a teenager strike my nurse, and I came across the room, grabbed him, and explained to him in a very firm tone. You will never raise your hand to my nurse again, ever. So, I mean, and I, so I think some of what happened, I mean, it's shitty that that's the way that people are because you know that that's probably how they are throughout the rest of their life too. It's not just a solitary incident with your staff member, I'm sure. This male or female is probably a dick to the drive through is probably a dick to their spouse, probably a dick to their children. And, you know, that to me is the, the shittier part. But I mean, I think I think in you, something protective probably like kicked up. Well, and, and to be fair to you, that that's probably 100 percent true, because, again, if this person had said anything to me, I'd be like, OK, well, you're the one here. Like, I, I don't know what else I would have said, but <laughs> because I was never allowed the opportunity to deal with the situation. But I will say or not deal with it directly. I just feel one as a provider now that 
uniquely I am responsible for the safety and well-being of my staff. And that means happiness, too. That means the funny and good things. Yeah, I want there to be happy, good things. But when there's something bad as a provider, I feel like those that work directly with me and my staff, I'm also responsible for making sure that they, they get through the tough times. And so you're right. I, I don't feel like if this person had said anything to me that I would have cared at all. I may not even remembered. It depends on how vulgar they got. But as soon as you attack a staff member, yeah, I, I tend to take those a lot more serious. So that one of the things I know I've preached before, and I'm certainly going to practice it, is I'm not going to sit by on this. It's, it's not something that's going to happen. So I can't tell you what's going to happen, but I can tell you what I'm going to advocate for. Well, I'm not going to say it on here, but I'm going to advocate for something special, specific. All right. Um, no more. There you go. Well. So <laughs> let's let's talk about the funny thing. And again, I can't go into a lot of detail. And again, this is just something that happened recently, but it stuck out of my mind. And that is sometimes patients just want to talk. <laughs> and I don't know how else to put this nicely. Okay. Other than I had a patient recently, and this part I can't say is I roughly give the same speech at the beginning of every wellness slash and or establishment visit. Uh, when I explain the process that we're going to go through so that they understand, because it can be somewhat lengthy. I mean, it's not really long, but it's longer than a visit for toe pain, you know, and mm -hmm. I usually explain and I say something to the effect of I'm going to ask you a bunch of yes or no questions. Uh, some of the questions may have a short answer variable. For example, I'm going to ask you about and I'll say something and I'm like, and I want you to give an answer such as and then I give an example and it's specific and it involves a number so that I can chart it so that I can track how long, for example, we'll say something like when was the last time we saw an eye care provider? I'm just looking for six months, a year, two years, 10 years, whatever the answer may be. But the point is that there's a number and then there's a word after that denoting the quality of that number. OK, mm. so recently, sometime in the past 10 years, I had a patient who I gave that speech to and I said those pretty much verbatim words. Yes, no, or a number. That's what I'm looking for. So we can get through this very lengthy process as quickly and efficiently as possible. Not that I want to hurry them out of the room, but I have a plethora of patients waiting after them. I need to get through this. And this patient looks at me and it's like, yes, I understand. I'm like, well, thank you very much. And so we start with the regular questions. Do you follow a specific type of diet? Do you exercise regularly? Like, you know, normal wellness exam type questions. Right. Until I get to. When was the last time you saw a dentist? They looked at me like they understood the question. And then they said, oh, it's been a while. Nope. That's not an answer. I need to know, please. When was the last time you saw a dentist? Oh, it's been ages. Nope. <laughs> that is still not an answer that I can put into the sacred tomb that is going to be your chart. Could you please tell me a number? Well, do you know what they did last time I was there? Nope. That still does not answer in any significant manner. The question in which I asked you, I gave you instructions on how to answer, and you verbally indicated that you knew how to answer. Could you please tell me when 
you last saw a dentist. At which point they looked at me and said, <laughs> and then they made me a bridge. And I literally was just stopping and like, please tell me an answer that involves a number so that I could try and track. I don't care what the number is. I was pleading, Ben. I was pleading. Just tell me a number, a number that I can put into your chart that says when you last saw a dentist. I Just give me something relative, like three Jupiter rotations around the moon. I don't really care at this point. Just something that I can put that gives some semblance of accuracy of an answer as to which that last period of time that passed by since you have seen a dentist. That's all I'm looking for. That bridge cost almost $2,000. Fuck my life, Ben. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, it, they were impervious to reasoning at that point. At, I didn't know what else to do. And I don't know how else to clearly explain to someone that I need a number to the answer specifically when I say, please give me a number with your answer that I can therefore chart. So this reminds me, Tom, Yeah. while I was laughing all the way through that. Thank you. I'm glad my pain brings you joy. It um, usually does. You know, this. yes, yes. Um, in these notes. Yeah. The Saturday night live skit, celebrity jeopardy. Oh, suck it. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> with the, uh, yeah, the Celebrity Jeopardy, you know, Sean Connery and, and Alex Trebek. And it was the one with Turd Ferguson. Burt Reynolds is Turd Ferguson. And uh, yeah. he's like, Final Jeopardy is a number. Just write any number. Could be a one. Could be a two. Just any number. And that's exactly what was going through my head when you were telling that story of you are the Trebek and... She was the celebrity Jeopardy contestant of just I, any number, any numbers. I want to point out to some of the people listening to this. I didn't actually say a lot of this out loud because that would have been significantly rude, even for me to a point that I would have said, wow. <laughs> but I was certainly thinking it. I may have even started to type it at some point, but I did ask specifically. I did stop the person several times and say please is it one year two years five years ten years you know i i, I don't care i i that's your teeth i don't care i just need to know if you would just tell me then i could put it in here and i could ask you the next set of questions which are going to be equally painful but i need to know so that i can give this chart some reasoning like it needs a reason to exist and therefore or so far you have denied me any accuracy of which i can justify being a human being at this point that's what i was feeling like at that point ben i it it was so hilarious now but so soul draining at that moment that i i literally was almost in tears please just any number any number will do if you just say one, if you, if you had said it in a foreign language, like if she had 
drawn a square, I'd have been like, is that Chinese for 10? I think. I don't know. Like, I would have just guessed and put patient has now marked in Tagalog that it was 15 rice seasons ago. I don't fucking know. Okay. Just fucking something on this bitch. All right. <sighs> bitch being the chart. Like, I, I just, please, something that I need to know. Like, you know, I, I just been, I couldn't understand it. It's, the been only, ages, Tom. it's been ages. It has been yeah, it's it's just been ages. I was like, fuck, is that like three buffalo birthing cycles? Like, just say a fucking number, lady. Like, I don't know what else I have to do to get through this. Like, how many cows have been born? Like, I, that's a relative term, maybe. I don't know, <laughs> but it would have been a number. But I <sighs> And, and I wish I could say that this person was the only person that has done something like that. They're not. But they are certainly the most extensive. Because usually after they start, well, I couldn't tell you exactly. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. Just give me something that's relatively accurate. Like, I don't need the date. I, I would like it to be if it's been one year, you say one year. Don't tell me 12 if it's been one year. Like, I don't mean that inaccurate. But I'm not looking for November 23rd, 1963. Okay. I'm looking for one year, six months, eight months, three years, like something. All right. Like it's a baby. It's 156 weeks. I don't fucking care. Okay. Just say a fucking number. Okay. And put a quality behind that number so that therefore somebody who is not you could reasonably figure out when the fuck it was. Like that's what I'm looking for. Quote. Ages. <laughs> I almost put that in there and just said fuck it and moved on. I really did. Um, <laughs> I would have had been like, yeah, cool, cool. Ages. ages. Yeah. Fair That's enough. like, have you ever had seizures? I've had a spell or two. Roger that. Spell this or two in quotes quote is going in this motherfucker. Two. Yeah. So to get back on focus, get back on task for a minute, Ben. That's uh, That's how I've been. How have you been? I mean, uh, well, not as uh, hell. How do you even lead up with that? We're I don't know, Ben. Ages. Fifteen minutes into this podcast now. Um, I got my coronavirus vaccine today, so that was good. Have you grown a third eye? Got cancer from five G towers? Like no, 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 no third eye. Okay. And actually, I don't feel bad. And the shot itself didn't hurt. I'm about seven hours into uh, my uh, vaccine, and so far, so good. So I do know a couple people, including my significant other, that have also got said COVID vaccine. Um, no complaints from anybody, the multiple people I know. The one thing, and it wasn't even really a complaint, but the one thing I've heard more than once was, boy, it's really thick. Like They're like, man, when they push that in, you can tell something's in your arm. But it's not painful or... Um, well, at least they're not describing it as painful or something that bothers them. It's just more of a, oh, when I got the flu shot, you know, it it just right. felt like a flu shot. Like, this is clearly a more viscous type fluid. But I also don't know, since you didn't say it and not everybody has said it, that perhaps that was in their head. You know, like they were expecting it. I'm just sitting here thinking, shit, I got the diluted version. You got the control version. <laughs> like, oh, they're Damn still it. putting placebos out here. I got the normaceline version of this. Is that what you're telling Damn me? So <laughs> it makes me feel better. Well, you just uh, you just helped all the conspiracy theorists out there. They're like, ha, ah, that's how they get you. They don't even give you the no, real COVID. Do not pull that sound bite out by itself. No. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm absolutely sure that I got the 
vaccine. And then you had, they had you registered. I don't know if you're seeing the other had the little, we had a little sheet that we had to uh, fill out with our phones and it registered us with, and so they'll with the CDC and then they will check on us. Oh no, I, I'm not cool enough or maybe on purpose. They're not giving me it yet. Hey there, it's Pollyanna from Pleasure Pathways. I'm super excited to have you all jump on board with me as we go on a journey in search of buried pleasures. I can't wait to see what we can dig up. (laughs) Well, Tom, you ready to get into a quick story that we may have missed so that we can get into the rest of the episode? Or or do we just want to do this episode as Tom's life? I don't know what, you know. I don't know. If this crowd is ready for an hour of Tom talking to Ben about the trials and tribulations of Crossroads Johnson, that's like probably one of my alter ego names right there. (laughs) Like if I was a blues player, I would want my name to be something cool like that. Like that's, that's gravel pit Davy. Like, I don't know. I want something cool like that. So come on, gravel pit Davy. Okay, it's kind of cool. Yeah, okay, there you go. And I just made that up, by the way. So, yes, I am ready for a story. But I do want to throw out to the crowd. (laughs) Never mind, no story. Shut up, Ben. (laughs) I want to throw out there to everyone listening, though. If you do want to hear a Ben and Tom Trials and Tribulations, I will get drunk and bitch and moan for an hour on the air (laughs) if you want me to do that. So if you do, email us. Let me speak for everyone when I say no. <laughs> All right. Admin at just and let Ben know because he checks that regularly. I don't. So just email or Twitter or Instagram him or one of the things he's going to say later. I don't remember all of it. Just do that or text me or text him if you know us and let us know that you want to hear me get drunk and bitch and moan on the air. And you know I, what? I lost control this episode. It's cathartic. Maybe I'll maybe I'll feel a lot better, Ben, if that's what I do. Uh, how about we just tell you we're recording and you'll be drunk so you won't care. And <laughs> wow. It'll that's all a, be the same. That's not a bad idea either. Like I can already see the next day Ben's like you weren't even on the camera. Like <laughs> you forgot to call me. Did you just sit in front of a microphone and yell for an hour? Like I might have. I don't yes, really I remember. <laughs> so anyways, stories. Yeah, let's get to that. A story that you may have missed, Tom. Well, ben, I'm kidding. <laughs> Assholes. Tom, have you heard and I'm sure you have? That the House of Representatives approved legislation that would decriminalize marijuana to seek to, quote, address the devastating injustices caused by the war on drugs. Uh, the, the bill passed largely along party lines, 222 Democrats, five Republicans, and Representative Justin Amash, a libertarian, voted in support, while 158 Republicans and six Democrats voted against. It's known as the Moore Act. And it would remove marijuana from the Controlled Substances Act and eliminate criminal penalties for individuals who manufacture, distribute, or possess marijuana. It includes creating a process to remove prior convictions known as expungement and conduct uh, sentence review hearings for federal cannabis offenses. It would also authorize a 5% sales tax on marijuana products to invest in services such as job training, legal aid, and substance abuse treatment for individuals adversely impacted by the war on drugs. And... I uh, pulled up a story from CNN Business, and they don't give it much hope of passing beyond that right now. 
drug policy expert John Hudak, the deputy director of the Center for Effective Public Management at the Brookings Institution, said, quote, I would give it less than a snowball's chance of passage in the Senate, unquote. Apparently, Republican Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is not all about marijuana legislation. Uh, they do note, though, that this does show President-elect Biden that Democrats are serious about wanting to decriminalize marijuana, either medically or recreationally. And so maybe these are some of the very beginning steps to that in the future. And Tom, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Actually, I do because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. But I think the reason to this fast is because of Just Some Podcast. I was going to absolutely concur and uh, say that myself is that, you know, so many, dare I say, earth shattering, really in time memorial, historic moments have been caused by our podcast. That yes. really, it's a travesty to justice that we are not more recognized and that I haven't got a fucking Nobel Peace Prize by this moment. But we did, in fact, and this is becoming quite often, my friend, that it we is. talk about something. And then it happens. <laughs> yes. So we talked about the need to legalize weed like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I honestly yeah. don't remember. And you know what happened? Some guy named Moore, whoever the fuck that is, that guy heard us. And he said, this shit's legit. Ben and Tom are talking about it. And he got his ass in gear. And he wrote that. Or maybe maybe Moore had been kicking around the idea, you know, like Charlie Brown wanting to kick that football. And that bitch is just looking at that football, or in this case, marijuana legislation, and going, what am I going to do? And then somebody said, one of his staffers, probably smoking weed at that moment, actually, somehow downloaded us because he was looking for something in Portuguese, but somehow found us. And he heard us talk about legalizing marijuana and why it should happen. And he said, you know what, sir? You need to pass that legislation. And here we are, Ben. I, I would just like to point out at this point that the Moore Act stood for Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. Okay, you're Not a real fuckstick. <laughs> okay. You you could have left it as you could have left me sounding like a moron for the rest of the episode. I could have. Until we have a mutual friend we all know would have texted us in a group text and be like, you know, Tom, that's not what that stood for. I'm like, damn it. So But I wanted to give out the good information and that was that wasn't it this time. But it's okay. It's a story you may have missed. Clearly you missed it. It's okay. I clearly missed it. But I do want to bring up some actually some cogent thoughts on this. And that being one, I believe that we should tax it. Two, it should be decriminalized immediately. Three, there I've had multiple patients actually it. I have I did see this story, by the way, and apparently a lot of other people have because I have had multiple patients ask me what I thought about marijuana since this has come out in the news. Yeah. And we discussed it. I told him I, I can't legally recommend it. I'm not a recommender. Um, and there are certain restrictions. I don't think that it's a good case on. But I told him cases where I'm like, well, you know, if you're going to do it, here are things that you should know that I do know, because I certainly don't know a lot about marijuana. But here's what I do know. So I have tried to do some education on the good and the bad. You brought up an interesting thing about the 5% tax. I, I even dare say we tax more and not because it's the MORE bill, more as in, you know, more and a certain percentage. Because one of the big things, and I don't 
want to piss off a lot of the crowd, but I know there are a lot of people that do not like police officers or the justice system currently. I think it would be poetic justice if decriminalizing marijuana and allowing it to be taxed could help raise the very money that we could then reinvest in our legal system, police departments, etc., and the things that everyone's bitching about that can be addressed by training because some things can't, but a lot of these things can be addressed with training that this money is then the catalyst for giving those officers, those prosecutors, the training and the opportunity to improve themselves to the point where some of the things that we're bitching about or the things that we bitch about cops or the things that we bitch about the court systems can then be remedied. And I think that would be an awesome way to use some of that money. I think also some money should be spent for rehabilitation because I think treatment for drug addiction should always be a more likely. I mean, there are going to be specific cases. I don't want to say blanket across you know the board, but the 99% of the time rehab is a much more, first of all, cost beneficial, but also socially beneficial system of remedy addiction than throwing them in jail. And I think using that money, off taxing marijuana would be amazing. So I think that some real, not just funny, but real justice can come from ending the war on marijuana. That's an interesting. If it gets legal, Ben, are we going to do an episode where we both get high and do this? (laughs) It's been a long time since high school, but I'm just saying I'm willing to try, Ben. If we do that, I, I know who our guests will be. We'll have a we'll line. Just, <laughs> we'll have a line. Well, yeah, I know who will be in the front of it. It'll be all right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, pass through the house. Probably not going to pass through the Senate, but Jeez, I wonder uh, why. Who knows? Maybe in the future it will. Hopefully in January things change and maybe we can get it passed through. So Could be. And we being America. I'm not saying a political or party podcast. or just a podcast. To be completely honest, I don't give a shit who says it on the U.S. Senate, Congressional House or White House floor. Just somebody drop that shit like a mic at the end of a Chris Rock special. Just be like, just some podcast Burp, and drop that bitch. Like, I like it. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Are you a pandemic parent? For most of us, each day of parenthood brings a thousand possible choices to make with little guidance on what is right for our kids. With over a decade of experience as a pediatric oncology nurse, I have learned exactly what makes kids and their parents tick. As a father, I have navigated the same pitfalls and comic parenting blunders as every other mom and dad out there, and I'd love to share what I have learned. Write to Nurse Papa with a question about parenthood and have it featured in an upcoming episode. Send your question to David at NursePapaTheBook.com. Nurse Papa, coming soon on all podcast platforms. All right, Tom. Well, you ready to get into our main topic tonight? To be completely fair, no. But okay. I'm, I mean, I don't mean no as that I don't want to cover it. <laughs> what I mean is I am not physically prepared to do it. The closest I got was I was trying to look up some stuff on my phone while I was sitting on the toilet, and then I got really lost in some Instagram stories. Um, So I did get a lot of research done on this topic. It's been busy, Ben. I think we covered that earlier. So what I can say is I know what this thing is. 
but I don't know a lot after that. And that's the that's the facts, Jack. Okay, well, let's talk about HRSA, which is the Health Health Resources and Services Administration, Tom. So they have a couple of programs out there to help with loan reimbursement or loan repayment. I have an idea, Ben. Oh, God. Yes, Tom. So what I'm going to do is I'm basically going to do live fact-checking and information while you're talking. So did you know the HRSA is an age? Shut up, Ben. This is a great idea. The HRSA, an agency of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, it's located in Bethesda, Maryland. Weird. It is the primary federal agency for improving access to healthcare services for people who are uninsured, isolated, or medically vulnerable. Look at that, Ben. I dropped some knowledge. Thank you. The reason that we're talking about the HRSA tonight is with the loan reimbursement is I have actually uh, this year, after seven years of applying through the National Health Service Corps, I have finally been selected for loan reimbursement. And I'm just muting your fucking mic. <laughs> so, uh, damn it, Tom. No, I want you to keep talking, but I just realized you sounded exactly like I sounded to that lady. Yeah. Okay. So HRSA has two programs, mm-hmm. National Service Corps, and they also have Nurse Corps that, that offer loan repayments. So National Health Service Corps is the one that I have. And just talking about their impacts, they require healthcare workers to serve in high need areas, which they call health professional shortage areas or HPSAs. Uh, there are more than 16,000 members providing care to 17 million people. More than 60% of NHSC members serve at 8,400-plus CHCs, and more than 1,500 scholars in residency or school are preparing to serve because they do have a scholarship program also. For the loan repayment program portion of it, though, I will tell you, just on based on what I know about it, obviously right now the, the application process is closed. They open up in about February, so probably February of 2021 is when the application launch date will open. And you'll have a, you'll have several months to get that application completed. Once you get that completed, is the sit and wait portion of the show, <laughs> because <laughs> so you apply in February, say you get your application done in March or April, you're not going to find out anything until September. There's really not much else that you can do other than just sit and wait. So, do you qualify for a National Health Service Corps? Well, you have to be a United States citizen or a United States national. You have to be a provider in the Medicare, Medicaid, and state CHIP program. And of course, you have to be fully trained and licensed to practice either in medical, dental, or behavioral health, because that's the three that they cover. And you have to be working at NHSC-approved site. They do offer the loan reimbursement for primary care medical, for dental care, and for behavioral health. So in primary care, you're looking at your physicians, your MDs and DOs, your PAs, your NPs, and not your certified nurse midwives. Of course, dental care, we're not going to cover. And because we do have some psych, let's go ahead and touch on that as well. Mental health, physicians, again, MD, DO, licensed nurse practitioners, and mental health and psychiatry, or PAs as well. Any questions so far, Tomas? No, but I did look up some interesting facts on the selection criteria when you are done with your portion, sir. Go go right ahead, sir. Well, it's actually 
now that I'm getting a chance to read about it, super interesting. So on the NHSC loan repayment programs, and this is coming right from the Health uh, Resources and Services Administration's website, it talks about their selection process and or factors, I should say. So first is you honor your legal obligations. We will not select you if you have a history of not honoring prior legal obligations. To determine this, they review factors such as loan defaults, writing off federal debts or waiving federal service or payment obligations, a default on a prior service obligation. Even if you later go back and finish it, if you default at any point, they will count that against you. A judgment liens arising from federal debt. They want to make sure that you're not in breach of any service obligations and you do not have an existing service obligation. If you are already obligated to a federal state or other entity for professional practice or service, you will not be selected. So those are some of the things. And there's a couple of things that they go into. It's a little more specific Then the last two I see are you are not currently excluded, suspended or disqualified by a federal agency and that you commit to providing primary care service in an HPSA. So while you have to pay for so long, and I, I'm guessing that's why they want to see like the 10 years, they want to make sure that the person that they're dealing with isn't just going to use this money cut and run like this person has made it a vested interest to help these types of communities and that's why they're willing to give back which i honestly am not opposed to so i think that's not a bad standard to hold i don't know that's what it's saying it's judging obviously like you said you've applied several years in a row so it's not an easy process no i I applied every year for the last seven years and so the way that they the selection criteria are that they assign a number to your area for the shortage area to, to determine your rank. Zero to thirteen is not as well reimbursed, and kind of lots of times they run out of money before they get to them. Fourteen through twenty six are your higher risk or your higher areas. The area that I work in is a seventeen, and for the last several years when I've applied. I think they just ran out because they start at 26 and they go down. Uh, they just ran out of money before they got down to to us until this year. One of the ways that you can know if your site is an HRSA site is, of course, to go out and check on their website. Uh, the, the following sites are eligible to become National Health Service Corps approved. State prisons, centers for Medicare and Medicaid services, rural health clinics. So anybody that's in a rural health clinic could potentially become uh, NHSC approved. Any critical access hospital, community mental health centers, health departments, community outpatient facilities, private practices, school-based clinics, mobile units, free clinics, and substance use disorder clinics or SUD clinics. Auto-approved sites for NHSA or any FQHCs, your federally qualified health centers. Also, your American Indian health facilities, those are all automatic approved NHSC sites and then federal prisons. Once you go out and fill out your application... You determine if your site is a eligible site, which is not something that you can necessarily do as far as getting your site signed up. It has to come from your site. So like our HR director and our physician recruiter had to go through to get us approved as an HRSA site. And, the, and then the government assigns your score. You fill out your application. If you are selected, depending on whether it's full-time or part-time, 
full-time providers, you can get a $50,000 reimbursement on your student loans for a two-year commitment. And then you're eligible to re-up that for a third year for, I believe, another 25000 if you need it. The cool thing about National Health Service Corps versus the Nurse Corps, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is the NHSC, it is a one-time lump sum payment 90 days after you start your contract. So I started my contract in December. I'm sorry, I started my contract in September. And so I was recently given my lump sum of money. And then, of course, you have to document that you paid your loans and things of that nature. Some of the little caveats that I found interesting in some of this is you're allowed like 34 days out of clinic per year. And that includes holidays, vacations, any time that you're physically not in sick days, all that. If you go over that 34 per year, then they basically just kind of tack days onto your contract to ensure that they get the full two years of service out of you, which makes sense. And the other thing that I found interesting was if you decide to end your contract early, be very, very mindful of the fact that that's going to cost you an ass load of money. And I mean, literal ass load of money. Well, and that makes a lot of sense for them. They're making an investment in in you as a person. All right. So when I say ass load of money, Tom, I mean, and here's what it, pulling from the guidelines. A participant who breaches a commitment to serve in a full-time clinical practice will become liable to, you, to the United States for an amount equal to the sum of the following. The amount of the loan repayments paid to the participant representing any period of obligated services not committed or completed. $7,500 multiplied by the number of months of obligated service not completed and interest on the above amounts at the maximum legal prevailing rate as determined by the treasurer of the United States from the date of breach. So just for shits and giggles, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put in there that if this was the day that I was going to breach my contract, what it would be. <laughs> I put it in there as like December 31st. So I would have had like a three month contract of my two year commitment. And I think the amount was like $141,000 that I would owe the federal government. So somehow you owe more money. <laughs> yes. Because in the, the example that they give in, in the text is she entered into a two year contract. She received the $50,000. Uh, she was terminated March 31st. Basically. So she served Let's see, she served 443 days of her two-year, 731-day commitment. So she is liable to the United States for 19699 for the loan repayments received for obligated services not completed, which is basically 288 divided by 731. And then she's $7,500 for the months of service not completed, 7,500 times 10. Her total loan repayment debt of 94699 will begin accruing interest at the maximum legal prevailing rate as of her default date. So, yeah, if you decide to go through National Health Service Corps, just understand that the two-year commitment, they're serious about it. <laughs> Pretty serious is what I'm gathering from. You know, again, I am totally cool with them wanting to be like, hey, there's got to be some repercussions. Oh, but yeah. Damn. Like, I'm going to make you pay back more than you owed. Seems a tad rough to me and also 
And it's for, the United States government. So Well, and that's it, what I was going to say is, first of all, when you start reading that, the first thing that stood out to my mind was anytime something uses the words and as representative of the United States, first of all, they're not fucking around. OK, so right. let's just let's just that's a gauntlet verbally all right if you hear or read the words representing or something in those manners the words united states and it's like in bold they are basically you know like those uh fish or or lizards in the wild that everything else tries to be like green and they're like nah fuck this i'm bright flame red and yellow because yeah. it's trying to warn you it's poisonous that's the literary equivalent of a warning shot all right <laughs> bold in united states second of all if anybody has any doubts at this point i can't imagine any of our providers do but if anybody has any doubts the united states government is by far the largest gangster on the planet and if you owe it money it is going to get it all right so please if you are considering doing one of these loan repayment programs, there is not a way around it. You won't outsmart them. Let's assume somehow you did outsmart them. They will just break your legs and take the money anyways. You can't win this. All right. So yeah. I'm trying to put a funny exclamation point on Ben's point, which is you are going to owe someone a lot of money if you try and default on this repayment program. Yeah, now you can transfer between NHSC approved sites. I mean, that's obviously possible. Um, I actually, I did it because I transferred clinics from our clinic to the private clinic that I'm in now that's still under the same, I mean, we're still under the same hospital. It's just a different clinic. So I had to transfer sites. Uh, so, I mean, that is doable to do. It's just, again, making sure that you're upfront and understand the commitment of what you're signing up for, basically two years of of doing this, but 50 grand in your bank account to pay off student loans. It's not a bad deal for me. It paid off about 64% of my student loan debt. So that was pretty freaking amazing and made for a hell of a Christmas. Were you excited, Ben? What's it like <laughs> no, I, to get $50,000 in your bank account? It was surreal. And then to watch it then go out the other end, you know, it's like, Oh, here's the deposit. Oh, <laughs> you know, here's the uh, debits to it. It's like, yeah, there they go. There it goes. So, but I wiped out a shit ton of my loans. So that was very cool. That is very cool. And I'm and very happy obligated, for you. Uh, and through that obligation, you also have to check in every three months with them. If you sign up and get accepted, then they kick you out an email saying they need to know what date you worked during that quarter or what date you didn't work so that they can ensure that you don't go over your 34 days. The other plan, we'll go over it quickly, Nurse Corps Loan Repayment Program. This one is for registered nurses or APRNs or nurse faculty. Uh, so this one's a little bit better as far as that part goes If for our, our non-provider listeners. The Nurse Corps pays up to 85% of unpaid nursing education debt, again, for RNs, APRNs, or nursing faculty. If you receive a word, you must work two years, again, either in a critical shortage facility very similar to the uh, National Health Service Corps or an eligible nursing school as nursing faculty. The uh, interesting thing is you do go through the same application process and you can actually apply for both. So if you're a nurse practitioner, you can apply for both National Health Service Corps and the nurse corps. 
If you do get selected for one, you have to withdraw your application from the other because obviously they're not going to let you get both. You receive 60% of your total outstanding qualifying nursing education loans over the course of two years. After your two-year service contract, you can be eligible for a third year, add an additional 25% of your loans. Here's the kicker. These funds are not exempt from federal income and employment taxes. So with Nurse Corps, it's not a $50,000, boom, it's in your bank account. You get a monthly check and they withhold taxes on it and they and so it counts as income for you. But again, I mean, it, it, if you're drowning in student loan debt, that may be something that you know people want to uh, consider. Uh, critical shortage facility, according to National Health Service Corps, is going to be any private or public nonprofit healthcare center um, in the HPSA, the health professional shortage areas, eligible schools of nursing. They consider a school of nursing to be eligible if a national nursing accrediting agency or state agency recognized by the state secretary of the United States Department of Education accredits it. So most nursing schools are going to be uh, considered eligible. Because of the, the same application process, it's going to be the same deadlines. You're going to apply in February. They're going to verify your employment, and then you'll find out something in September. But that's the biggest difference between National Health Service Corps and Nurse Corps is non-taxable versus taxable. Yeah. I was just thinking about how messed up it was for someone to be like, I'm going to give you this gift, but you have to take this kick in the balls to get the gift of getting balls. Like, that's what but it seems like. But it's a good gift. Um, actually, I, do, <laughs> I mean, I work with another practitioner. She's one year into her contract that she got this last year. And so the only kicker to her that she's like, I don't mind, you know, the federal income part of it. It's because they're based out of Maryland. She also pays like Maryland state tax on her nurse corps money because it's coming from that state. So then she has to file her federal taxes plus her Kansas taxes plus Maryland Maryland taxes. taxes. Yeah. But again, if it knocks out 60% of your student loans, yeah, maybe that's a, maybe that's a win. Fair. And I would never tell anybody not to look into it or consider it. But I also want to go, come on, legislature. You couldn't have just said you qualify. Therefore, you get the good stuff. I And I understand tracking it. I understand there are a need for retribution. You're going to owe us money in some form if you default. Like, because I get that, because as much as I want to say nurse practitioners wouldn't do that, there are, we're still human beings and you know, somebody would take advantage of it. True. But man, I got to admit the whole thought of, oh, well, I got fired. That sucks. Oh, by the way, here's your bill for three times what you paid. You know, like, oh Lord, like that's, uh, that's, that's some salt in the wound right there. If you, uh, if you go that route. But I hopefully people are, if you haven't heard of this, you have now and you're interested in finding out about it. Yeah, if you are interested in finding out about it, of course, um, hrsa.gov can take you to everything there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. I just thought of something. Okay. So you got the loan. Yes. I have not yet got the loan. Okay. So basically I'm just adding competition for me to get the loan now. By doing this podcast, <laughs> well, like that is that what's going on here, Ben? Apparently, yes. The yin and yang of Ben and Tom. In order for Ben to be happy, <laughs> Tom has to go down. Not necessarily, but 
but by default, like, yes, that's what's about to happen. But like you said, I mean, you know, it's not something that people know a whole lot about <laughs> sometimes, and so. Okay, so this episode already goes to foreign countries. Yeah. The mysterious international episode of Ben and Tom. <laughs> Just some podcast Rio. So, like, what uh, what are we doing here? Um, I will say both the National Health Service Corps and Nurse Corps both offer scholarships as well. It's going to be similar obligations. I did not apply for any of those while I was in school, so I can't speak a whole lot to those. But again, I would be, you know, if you're going to go that route as far as applying for as a scholarship, just know you're going to have similar obligations and make sure that you're willing to stand up to those obligations. Otherwise, as Tom put it, you're going to, you know, get your legs broken by the federal government. I just keep thinking that maybe this would be a really good episode in Beijing, China. And maybe that's the only place we should put this one out. Well, um, me? Ow. <laughs> it's not necessarily competition because maybe your HR, your uh, HPSA score is higher than other people's. And so then, yeah, you'll, you'll be at a higher. Anyway. I, yeah. You see the you see the side I am giving you, right? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the <laughs> website www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email to all our American listeners. That you should use later. Admin at justsomepodcast.com. I'm just kidding. It's for our international listeners, too. <laughs> Is that how the internet works? <laughs> yes. And, you know, we are getting some uh, interesting guest request so i mean i think we're gonna try to get some cool people lined up to come on our show don't forget you know with just some podcast media of course we have buried pleasures out checking out pollyanna every two weeks probably shouldn't say checking out pollyanna let's worry word that if you check <laughs> out pollyanna's show every two weeks let you know about that yeah. i know <laughs> and then beginning of the year David Nurse Papa is going to be out dispensing some amazing parenting advice as well, all in the umbrella of just some podcasts. So make sure you check all that cool stuff out too. Tom, next week, man, we're going to have some fun. We need fun. Twenty twenty, we're we're gonna need fun. We're gonna try to enjoy ourselves a little bit. And you and I talked. And I think it's time to do another medical review of a movie. What do you think? I think we are long overdue. I think it's time. So should we let them know what movie we're going to review, or should we just let it sit in suspense? Let them sit in suspense. Like that's what they—that's what they do. They got to come back and listen. We will tell you this. You know, last year we medically reviewed Christmas Vacation. Yeah. And so this year we're going to medically review another Christmas movie, and we'll just leave it at that. How about that? They'll be going, "Oh, what movie are they going to?" Yeah. Maybe we should be more like it's Christmas based. I mean, it is. Oh no, no, I'm going. It's a Christmas movie, just because. That opens it up the to well, I mean, a plethora. Yeah, it does. Next week, the episode should get. come out either on Christmas or the day after Christmas, so that'll be fun. So, oh, I'm actually, ready. It's come out the day after Christmas. So, it's one of my all-time favorites. So, I'm ready. I'm excited to watch it again and watch it for, with a different perspective. So, anyway, hey, out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy whatever they celebrate in all their foreign countries. Yeah. Because we won't see you again before Christmas. So continue to be safe. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to wash your damn hands. Get your vaccine. I haven't grown a third eye yet that I, that I know of. He doesn't look like a lizard person to me. So <laughs> have a great week. Hey, everybody. Stay safe out there. Lizard person. Let's-
you know. Just to pass the time Lately I see why I am alone I caught some road rich And I thought of you And all the many times You say I should have known Took a press so I could find my cheek Found mediocrity It's the best I Same without you